0: Hey, it's time for the great game. I'm looking forward to chatting to this man. His name is Richard Irvine from Wolf Den. Punt as a packet, Wolf Den. We love their content. We love what they do. Richard, hello to you. Good morning.
1: Miles, how are you, mate? Great to be here. I feel like I've been on the provincial circuit. I'm up to Metro Saturday grade now I'm with you,
0: so yeah. I'm moving up. I'm happy. Mate, I absolutely love it. Mate, I'm keen I'm keen to pick your brain, and I'm keen to see how you guys go about it because I, I love your content. I bumped into you when you were here. I, I'm, I'm it's my sort of setup. Now, you guys have got. I've got to hit you straight off the top. You guys have got a really good affiliation with this horse, Imperatrice. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll start with what was it like on the weekend? Was it what was it? What was it like in the den on on the Saturday? Because Private Eye eyeballed a, a long way, a long way, and she had to dig. Mm, she really
1: did. Um- yeah, no, it was it was, it was was sort of a bit of a funny day because I'm, you know, I, I really wanted to become the next out-and-out superstar of the track and a lot of the boys are G me up, you know, because I start saying things like if she keeps it up, she'll be like Winx and Black Caviar and all that. And I think the general consensus is a long way off those horses at the moment and whatever, so that's all a bit of fun. So it puts a bit of pressure on me. Um, And then Kings, who we all work with, who's, you know, one of the more significant punters in Australia, he declared it the best bet he's seen in 25 years. He doesn't do that much. You know, he doesn't do it without a lot of thought. So it was that added pressure, of course, we'd all had our max bets on her as well. And, um, yeah, she responded really, really well. I mean, I think I think the worry was that with these mares, sometimes they put up the white flag and say, I don't want to race anymore. Um, and I think there was a bit of concern that maybe that might have been what Imperators was saying in her trial. But, you know, and look, it looked like she wanted to race. She still wants to race. Privatise is a very good horse. There was a lot of good horses in that field. I thought it was interesting with I Am Invincible. I don't want to sort of... Throw stones at him, but I kind of feel with him. Uh, I'm sorry, not I am invincible. I am unstoppable. unstoppable. Just um, he uh, maybe just that, that the you know the pressure of weight for age racing that at, at elite level I think it re- really does show up through three year olds, and I feel that maybe that's what happened with him, and he well could come back to his own age and and, and do, do really really well. But I I guess the point out of that is it just shows how much pressure and how intense those you know those weight for age sprints are. So she was fantastic. We haven't. There's been no. They haven't announced where she's going to go next, have they? they no. no well,
0: that's that. it's a it's a bit of a topic. We're thinking Newmarket, William Reid, or something on the way to the TJ, right? Is that? I would think that. Yeah, I I don't think they'd do
1: Newmarket because I think they want to get away from Flemington, don't they? Like she's won, she's done well, but she seems to relish the Valley. Um, Newmarket's also a handicap, isn't it? So um, it'd be a lot tougher
0: I'll- than a William
1: Reid. Yeah, like you think, like she gets there, she loves the valley, you know. She probably, I think Bella is going there, so you know um, it's going to be pretty. Bella is never an easy beat, and and the huge challenge will be coming up to Sydney for the TJ Smith. I mean, that could be an absolute race for the ages. Um, you know, you look at the other horses that are in it at the moment. Wow, that would be that would be special and a bit of the unknown. How does she handle the Sydney game? We know that she's been beat there when Notorious got it that day,
0: so. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, what a, what a horse yeah. he was! Yeah, oh, I, fa- no. I got famously came out when he ran behind Animo, and I said, "I think this horse could be better than Animo." Well, uh, uh-huh. I got that a little bit wrong. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, just on Animo is interesting. Fangirl, um, I don't know if we're going to talk about her today, but yeah. J Mac kind of alluded to the you know that was one of the, one of the most incredible wins I've seen in a long time. Just to do that, you just don't see that that much where they just ease down and just demolish a pretty good field. And J-Mac kind of alluded in his interview with Corey Brown afterwards that if Animo was there that day, he thinks Fangirl probably would have won. That's what I got out of the interview. and I think Corey thought the same thing when I was listening to his comments. So that's super exciting as well.
0: It certainly is. I want I- wonder from a punting perspective, and you guys are unreal at it, and we saw that there was a- the-, the big um, uh, sort of social media following around uh, Kingsley having a crack or getting the bookies to take him on when Imperatories was $1.40 and this was mm-hmm. the best bet in 25 years. When does it become a point – um, for guys that are doing it professionally, that mm. that the horses get too short.
1: No, it doesn't. So, like a dollar, everyone, everything has, has a price. And if Peritra is is a dollar o one, we'd steamroll into that. You know, I'm not, we have max bets, of course. So that you know, I mean, if like I think what the kings want two hundred or that day or whatever. So that that's his absolute max bet. So obviously, the most he can win if it's a dollar one is two thousand. But in his mind, he would be like. I'm still doing it. I don't care how short it is. Um, So that's our attitude. It, there's no, there's no price that's too short. Obviously, that's you know we assess a lot of things go into what we think is the right price. And we also before a race starts, like the price that we have, we don't think that it's like gospel and absolutely accurate price. The most accurate price of all is, of course, the starting price of you know of the horse because that's had all the efficiencies of the market moves and, and and market discovery that allow it, you know, to be that price and. I might have sort of mentioned in the past, but that's you know the the starting price. The the more sophisticated a gambling syndicate is, or an individual gambler, I think the more attention they pay to the starting price of a horse and blend it into their own market or ratings or assessment for horses. That's the way I see it.
0: Are you guys and, and hear it? Yeah, are you guys doing those? Are you doing those markets as a group? Are you doing those markets individually and then looking at them together? I mean, I find it fascinating that. That oh, I find it fascinating in general how people build markets because some people can do it totally differently to others. Yeah, but. it's
1: it's incredibly hard to do. We're not really at a level where we can build markets to the confidence levels that the big syndicates who do it and, and and do it on a you know completely different stratosphere to us. It sort of gets a bit beyond my understanding how all that kind of stuff works. But what I the most interesting thing I find with that is that when like for example. Um, imperatures on Saturday, right? So it was around even money, and then it started steamrolling into sort of a dollar eighty. My understanding is that you know these syndicates have imperatives marked a particular price, but when the the market moves, it kind of it sh- they they put that into their price as well, and it shortens the price up. And also on the other side of the coin, when they get out, it it might lengthen the price. And there's a particular point where it gets close enough for these syndicates to you know to get in there and and bet. So. You'd probably have to get someone who understands it a bit better than me to to really articulate how that all works. but from our point of view, we price sources a little bit but generally we're just watching the market um and that's been one of King's great strengths he he's he's good at doing form he's got an incredible temperament for betting but probably his his strength is watching the market and knowing when to try and bet at the top of the market because that's you know, you might, you might have a fantastic – someone who's a great judge at SEN, right, much better judge than Kings, for example, but he might not have the same – he or she might not have the same gambling acumen when it comes to assessing the markets and and, and and playing the markets, and that's why Kings would possibly do better than that person. This is all
0: hypothetical. Oh, 100%. To, yeah. There's – That that's I think you articulated that beautifully. So Mm. when Kingsley said, "Righto, this is the best bet in twenty five years," was it full punt for the Wolfden Group? Yeah,
1: I mean we all sort of pretty much do our own thing, and some of the boys, you know, um, might not have backed encourages. I can't exactly remember who was on and who wasn't. But
0: so we can't talk. um, We can't talk figures.
1: Oh no, like I don't. I I haven't. I don't actually even know. He probably had about like fifty thousand or something like that. Like I don't think he said it was. That's sort of his max bet, I think. Yep. Um, I, I actually never even asked him. So, um, but uh, but yeah, that's sort of uh, uh, his main thing. He just looked at it and just thought he just couldn't see how she could get beat. Obviously, it came off this time, which is great. You know, good theatre, good fun. Um, he doesn't say that much, you know, because he knows if he says it, not that he, you know, at the end of the day, it's punting. We all we all make many many mistakes. That's part of being a punter. You, you got to get used to being a loser. Um, but I,
0: I'm a, I'm really yeah. accustomed to it, Richard. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's sort, sort of a whiffing, trying to trying to help people. Um, not on the punt, in function. general. Ah, <laughs> oh, right, just as right, right. Like. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if I
0: can help you much. But that's, that's probably
1: on you. So. I was,
0: well, if you do go out and say those sort of things, I've been, I've said them before too. and a horse's gone bad, and people have told me to drive my car into the Yarra, so well,
1: that's not very, that's not very nice.
0: No, so. no, it does happen. Yeah. Hey, so, so then when when you see a horse like Mister Brightside pops up, he's a dollar eighty on the weekend. How are the team assessing him? Yeah, we're well, generally speaking, we've sort of
1: been backing Mr. Brightside a lot. But so what happens with us at the moment, like the, the acceptances come out today. I know, I think the acceptances, yeah, they probably do come out for the um, futurity today. And then that'll get sort of spat into, everyone's got different databases, whether they've built their own or um, they use, there's a lot of great databases that you can buy access to. And that'll get pushed into different people's databases. From King's point of view, um, his, you know, he'll, his computer will do a whole lot of data Analysis and then you'll have a set of ratings tomorrow, um, which you'll start looking at. Occasionally, we step into horses on Thursday and Friday, but generally speaking, we wait until race day. And that's just simply because we're not amazing at taking the right, you know, having good pre post early bets. Um, There's a lot of percentage in the markets. You got to deal with a lot of scratching. Scratching's a pain in the ass because there's there's big deductions, um, especially with dual acceptance and stuff. You can have like a really good waller horse that might be three dollars in both markets and then it gets pulled out of one market and it does a lot of damage to your pre-post price. Um, but that's sort of the genesis. And you know, we, we do a show tomorrow where we and, and the main aim of the show that we pop up on YouTube is just to let people know what we're doing to prepare ourselves for Saturday racing and give them a bit of a hand. It, it it seems to have a bit of an impact on the market, like the horses that we talk about, often firm or, um, you know, they just have a different feel and look about them, and that that's great. You know, we we want we want movement in the market, we want lots of opinions getting in there, and and I mean, I the, the ideal situation for every race is that every horse gets supported and and there's equilibrium in the market, which of course happens on the tote, but we also want that to happen to happen for bookies as well, so they can make their percentage and move on.
0: Um. Before we get to Blue Diamond, Oakley and Futurity, and we'll and we'll talk about some tips for today coming up. I know Gareth's keen on uh, some tips out of you on a $200 staking plan. I, I want to talk mm-hmm. about the feat you did with Sam Kavanagh at the English Classic.
1: Yeah, so we, we threw that up last night. So Sam's a very interesting person. I didn't know him personally until we did the podcast or the vlog, if you want to call it. And it's just it's funny, like I've known him, what, maybe two or three weeks now and I already feel like he's he's a good mate of mine. Um, he's got some real struggles in front of him. People, people would know this who've, who've heard his story. But yeah, like he's—I mean, he was part of his father's training syndicate, who have won just about every big race on the Australian calendar. Then um, you know, they—they don't get on anymore. Well documented. We didn't really get into that in the podcast because there just wasn't really any need to. But we talked about a lot about him as a horseman, and that's what I really wanted to, to, to look into and understand. And he. Has a brilliant mind for racing. We actually filmed it on location at English um, English sales Yards. That was really good. A great a great backdrop for that. And then, of course, the, the only thing that really matters is his health. And he's got um, pretty serious cancer. I think it's like an esophagus cancer that's spread through through his body. He's very open about it. He has a, he has a big challenge to beat it. But as the sort of the name of the podcast is, you know, I call it Sam Kavanaugh, We don't quit. And it sounds like his um, treatment's going pretty well and he sort of had a bit of a chat with his wife Kelly in early January and said, what are we going to do here, like, you know, are we going to quit or are we going to keep trying? They decided to keep going and so he's bought a couple of, a few horses from the classic sales. We had one really good piece of the content is that I said to him, what's the horse you want most? So he took us to see this lovely old Kirk Philly, old like Kirk Philly, and he was lucky enough to get it. He bought it for 210000 so that's kind of a, a reasonably big part of the vlog that we made um yeah so people go watch it like i said in the preamble as we put it up on twitter and youtube and all that kind of stuff i said you know we, we watch stories and listen to stories to feel something and i think that anyone who watches this vlog with sam will feel something um yeah so get go ahead and watch it when you get some time or listen uh,
0: to it yeah I, I uh i thought it was great uh, just where can people go and access that to tell people that? Yeah, so just
1: they're probably we're, we're on Spotify, we're on um, iTunes podcast, and then our best platform is YouTube, Woofden on YouTube. Um, we've got a lot of a lot of great content there. And if you, you know, you mentioned Sam's podcast, like we've got heaps of other brilliant vlogs slash podcasts there. People have been incredibly generous with their time from the industry and it's been a steep learning curve for us with the content. We had absolutely no idea when we started and um, obviously it's going along nicely now. And we still think we've got a lot to learn.
0: Um, and, yeah, we just love storytelling. Um, yeah. No, you guys are doing a magnificent job. Uh, speaking of which, Blue Diamond, Oakley Plate, Futurity. Have you got – what's what's the talk around the office? I've seen some of the content for your black book as it's gone up on, a, I think, their TikToks or Instagram reels. Yeah. What's the chat well, around you, the you, office? You're probably coming at
1: me a little bit early. Um, I'm too hot. Con-
0: yeah, bit too, bit too, bit too
1: early for that. Like, we'll definitely know this time tomorrow we'll be all over it. But we sort of really need the acceptances to come out because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it for us, what jockeys are riding, what barriers, all that kind of stuff. And we're not going to know that till later in the day. I can say around the um, Oakley plate. So we went and did a podcast with Ben Gleason, who's assistant trainer to Mark Walker for Tiaka, obviously Imperaturas. That's another fantastic vlog if anyone gets a chance to watch it. But Skewif um, is one of the stable mates of Imperaturas. And Ben Gleason was very bullish on Skewif, basically said – you know, I I think she's going to have a huge autumn. So she's about twenty to one in the Oakley Plate on Saturday. Some of the boys in the den have had a lick at her at about 50. so that's that's pretty exciting. So that's sort of a bit of an intel I can give you about um, the Oakley Plate. I mean, the futurity you said a dollar eighty about Mister Brightside. I'm tipping he's going to be short on that on the day. I would think. Well, um, I think once we I- usually do mac. We usually do back, back Mister Brightside. Um, yeah, and then the Blue Diamond. Wow, it looks hard. What do you think in the Blue Diamond?
0: Well, look, M- Mickey Gannon said earlier he thinks it's a um, it's a two-horse race. But, see, I-, I wanted to ask you this question on here, and we're probably going to go over time by the time I get some tips for today. But, like, I, I back right off on the two-year-olds. I- I- like, there's two yeah. – it's hard enough for the amount of variables that we have already, let alone the fact that these things are babies. So if they go berserk. Um, they don't push through. They don't take gaps like other horses. If they mm. get hit, they take longer to recover. Um I thought High Octane's been desperately unlucky, and I thought Anisa is the horse I've always wanted to be with. I backed um, I, I backed the Jamie Carr winner that sounds like a Japanese horse last yeah. start, um, yeah. And, and then you, you've clearly got to look at Coleman and Lady of Camelot. So High yeah. Octane's been unlucky. I think you can find value. There's no point in me taking four dollars on Coleman. I'd rather go and back High Octane at close enough to eight, um, and, and Anisa at ten bucks, and and hope you know hope Coleman yeah. gets bad luck like. Yeah. It's you, you, honestly, you just can't launch a two year old races, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. And that seems like it's a pretty strong two year old um, year. This is as deep. as that's general, yeah.
0: yeah, this is as deep as I think I've seen it for some years the blue diamond. Yeah, no, it's great. And then and then a lot of these horses want to come up for the
1: slipper. The slipper's even deeper. I know that uh, Matt Laurie was saying that he wants to bring Coleman up for the slipper if, if you know, she goes well, uh, if he goes well, um, in the blue diamond, so yeah.
0: All right, uh, two hundred dollar staking plan. Um, the den v the, uh, the fill in. Right, I need the <laughs> two hundred dollar staking plan from you today. Well, I, I, I'll roll first, so it looks like I'm not. Uh, I'm not following in. I'm going to have fifty dollars the win. sand down race four, number seven, Outback Miss. Fifty dollars the win. I'm going to have twenty five each way. Race seven, number two, Links. And then I'm going to have 100 to win Strathalban race three, number 13, Lou Nessa. Sounds good. That's my $200 staking plan today. What are you boys going to go with today?
1: Um, we So I'll go Ipswich race three, number 12 on the Verve. I'm going to have 50 bucks on that. Right, that's one of the Fizz's tips. And then I'm going to stick with the fizzler again. You can going to go to Strathalban race seven, number one, Dun Maglaz, Dun Maglass. Dun Maglass. Um, prob- yep, Dun my ass, Dun Maglass. Dun Maglass, Embarrassing how I pronounce that. Um, I'm sorry about that. Dollar ninety five. I'm going to have the hundred on that. And then the, will- king, the Kings.
0: What's that? I will give on you a Dun-mag-less. warning. One of those horses, I think Captain Julian, one of the second favourites, may come out depending on the heat. There. Okay. Yep. All right. Just all as a right. heads well, up. That's all right. We'll just so a hundred okay. there.
1: We're- yep. Hundred there, and then we're going to go. Um, Hawksbury, race eight, number 14, King's Duty. It's actually the King's best bet of the day, and it's about $2.45, something like that.
0: So we'll have 50 on that. Hawksbury, sorry, race? Eight, 14. Race eight, number 14, 50 on that. So we're 50 at Ipswich, race three, number 12, 100 at Strath, race seven, number one, and Hawksbury, we have 50 on race eight, number 14. we We're That's on it. Right. Let's go. And, uh, we'll head to I, head. I wouldn't be afraid
1: I wouldn't be afraid to multi those up for people who just want to get a bit of ammo
0: for the weekend. Absolutely get some ammo for the weekend. Tough day, tough enough, I think. Well, with Hawkesbury with that sort of track, Ascot got a stack of maidens there. Strathalbyn's gonna be thirty six degrees, Ipswich a six race card, and then you've got Sandown. It's not the easiest of Wednesdays.
1: Nothing's
0: easy when you're a punter. <laughs> yeah, or a loser, like I am. <laughs> hey, Richard, appreciate you're, you're your time. Right, mate. Appreciate no your worries. time as always. Punt as a pack at Wolfden. I love your content. Uh, thanks for having a chat, mate. You'll have Gareth back on. Just make sure you get stuck into him next week in regards uh, to him getting on this junket. It's an absolute joke, this thing, surely.
1: Big, big, big drop in grade next week for me, but I'll be all right. <laughs> appreciate your time, mate, as always. See you, mate. Bye-bye.
0: Richard Irvine there from Wolfden. Punt as a pack at Wolfden. Make sure you go follow him on socials. Stay Their gear is absolutely elite.